I invite you to join me in prayer. Let us pray. Oh God, tell us what we need to hear and show us what we ought to do that we may obey our Lord Jesus Christ and serve as his faithful disciples. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We are coming toward the end of our sermon series titled, Make a Joyful Noise. And our scripture, our psalm that we're focusing on today is Psalm 62, verses 1 through 12. So let us hear the word of God. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him, like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? The only plan to thrust him down from his high position, they take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your hearts on them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It wasn't until I finished my sermon last week that the sun began to set and the temperature began to drop to 100 degrees at 8.45 p.m. I don't know about you, but lately, mid-June to mid-August is not my favorite time of the year. The hot, humid weather alone is enough to exhaust and diminish the human spirit. And to top it all off, when your college football team, Reckham Tech, is preseason ranked number 23 in the NCAA, it can be downright depressing. This is the time of the year when our children complain. Why are all the vitamins in the spinach and not in the ice cream? Overheard someone say recently, every day feels like a hot, humid Monday. Someone else confesses, I've been down in the dumps for days. Another said, I feel so stressed because of the toxic work culture I work in. Recently, I read of a trial judge who imposed an interesting kind of sentence on a defendant before his court. The defendant had been tried by a jury and the jury had pronounced a guilty ver verdict. When the judge pronounced the sentence, he said to the man, I'm not going to put you in our nice jail. I'm going to let you go free and allow you to worry about taxes, politics, unemployment, inflation, the high cost of living, just like the rest of us. 
Do you suppose this judge who pronounced this sentence had a bad day? To imagine that life on the outside is tougher than on the inside requires a rather gloomy perspective. Well, this is a sermon for days when hope looks more like a candle about to burn out than a blazing sun across the sky. This is a sermon for folk who find themselves singing the blues and looking for some satisfaction. Our scripture focuses, our focus this morning on our scripture lesson is Psalm 62, which I just read to you. The psalmist is singing a declaration of trust to God. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Psalm 62 is a psalm of trust. It is uniquely made for hard times in which pain and hopelessness, grasping materialism and utter meanness of our culture threaten, to threaten followers of Christ and, utter, and who are trying to live a God-focused life. It's made for today. It's made for you and I. Now, while Psalm 62 is not a lament, it doesn't surprise you to hear that the songs of praise in the Psalms are far outnumbered by songs of lament, where people are singing the blues. Yes, the psalmist knew there were people who were singing the blues. By the way, be wary of any expression of Christianity which tries to hide the pain. There is a certain reality to sorrow within our lives, and to deny it is false. In verses 3 through 4, the psalmist writes, How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. The psalmist is identifying the mean intentions of hypocritical liars who are, who are attacking the psalmist. These hypocritical liars want to take the psalmist, King David, down from his lofty place. One scholar identified these hypocritical liars as reputation records. Then later in verses 9 and 10, the psalmist writes, Surely the low-born are but a breath, the high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain in hope, vain hope in stolen goods or put vain hope in stolen goods through your riches. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. In verses 9 through 10, the psalmist exposes their weaknesses and their wicked, mean intentions. The hypocritical liars think they are important, but truly they are, as the psalmist writes, a breath. They are only a breath. These people are focused on material things like money, even more. They set their hearts on their riches. They look for all their satisfaction in their riches. The strong are not always vigorous. The wise are not always ready. The brave are not always courageous. And the joyous are not always happy. Such words are not the words of a weak-kneed preacher. They were spoken in the 19th century by the prince of preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, 
who himself was prone to depression. In contrast to the weakness and wicked intentions of the hypocritical liars, the psalmist write these words in verse 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. My hope is from him. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Pour out your heart before him, writes the psalmist. You know, we must give ourselves permission to cry, to be angry, to be depressed, to sing the blues. To deny such emotions exist, hiding them behind a pasted-on smile is to miss the point and the importance of singing the blues. Well, as the psalmist complains in Psalm 62, as the psalmist sings the blues, take special note the complaints are all directed to God. Now, perhaps this is a different slant on singing the blues, not to one another, rather singing such songs to God. Are you upset? Tell him. Disgusted? Tell him. Depressed? Spill it all out to him. Take your complaints and all of your gripes directly to God. Now, I'm pretty sure I can make a strong biblical case that a sign of intimacy with God, that a sign of the beginning of a trust relationship with the Lord is daring, daring to express your disappointment and doubt and complaint and anger to to God directly. In the biblical record, those who were most intimate with God dared to argue with the Almighty from time to time. Who are those people? Try Jeremiah or Jonah or Job or Moses. I have collected a few complaints. How do you like this one? God, I'm sick of life, if that's what you call it. Who prayed such a despairing prayer? Martin Luther. Remember what the great saint Teresa of Avila said after a serious accident where her her carriage toppled over a bridge and some people were hurt. Teresa looks up from the wreckage to the heavens and complains, if this is the way, oh God, that you treat your friends, I would hate to be your enemy. Or how about this one? Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our Lord Jesus Christ pouring out his heart. Part one, seeing the blues. Part two, beating the blues. Psalm 62 doesn't begin with a complaint. It begins with the declaration of trust. But it's verse five that exhorts the psalmist to do what he actually believes in, verse 1. It's one thing to say that we rest in God alone when hard times come our way. It's not so easy sometimes. So the psalmist writes these words, For God alone, O my soul, waits in silence. For my hope is from Him. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is our refuge for us. 
The psalmist remembers who God is. Later, toward the end of this psalm, it's Psalm 62, verses 11 and 12, mighty and powerful and is full of steadfast love. What God has done in the past is able to rest in the Lord and trust in God alone. So what does rest mean in this psalm? To rest means in this psalm to settle in peacefully, to be quiet, to rest silently in the Lord compared to all the noise of those who put their satisfaction in other things. The word alone appears seven times in Psalm 62. The psalmist is making a point with this word. It means that the psalmist rests in God alone and completely, fully trusting in God alone. It is the most interesting contrast. Complaint in the present then remembering and praise of God's attributes, his power, his steadfast love, and then praise of his, of God's work in the past, followed by trusting God alone and finding complete satisfaction in the Lord for your soul. A pastor hit a low point in his life and ministry. He confessed, with all the problems around me, I could see no light ahead. In fact, I was so far down, I said, if there was only some light at the end of the tunnel, I wouldn't mind if it was an oncoming train. At least I could see a light. A good friend gave him some unusual advice. Perhaps, he said, perhaps you won't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Perhaps there is no light to see. So don't look ahead. Look behind. Look at the past. Look at your life. Look at what God has brought you through. Look at all the suffering, the hard times, the wilderness experiences, and all the answered prayers. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it amazing what God has done for you? So try not to doubt in the dark what you believe in the light. This is the lyric of this psalm of trust. Want to beat the blues? First, try singing the blues to God in the manner of the psalmist. Second, praise and remembrance of who God is, what God has done, so you can trust God alone and find satisfaction for your soul. William Sloan Coffin once wrote the following words in a recent book that I think sounded like he was writing a psalm. Note that what he writes starts with complaint and frustration. Then it moves into remembering God's character and his work in the past. And finally, Coffin deepens his trust in his relationship with the Lord and finds satisfaction for his soul. This is what he said. I know how easy it is to get depressed, especially when the world appears ready to go down the drain and there seems to be so little any of us can do about it. Half the time when I stand up for what I believe, I feel like Don Quixote's horse, a tired hack of a horse being ridden by a chaotic idea. But then who but God knows how effective any of us is going to be in anything we do. What we do know is that love is a necessity as well as command. That love is like the loaves and fishes. There is never enough until we start sharing. 
And we do know that of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, it is fair to say all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the kings that ever reigned, and all the parliaments that ever sat have not so affected humanity as that one solitary life. Maybe today, on this last Sunday of July, the best advice I can give to you for beating down those Beating those downtimes, which we all have, is this. When your heart is broken, dare to sing. Really sing the blues, even in your pain. Mitchell DeHood's rendering makes this text of Psalm 62 seem even more vivid. Through the night I played the lyre, with my heart I commune, that my spirit might be healed. There are those times of inward struggle when music and song is our best release and our readiest resource. It has occurred to me that the most memorable and lasting part of worship services I remember and value the most over all the years together that I've been here have been singing these hymns together with you. Really. Try beating the blues by singing the blues. Thomas Carlyle dared to suggest that song is our deepest reality, saying all deep things are song. It seems somehow the very central essence of us. Song, as if all the rest were but rapages and holes. See deep enough, he continued, and you will see musically. The depth of experience the psalmist shared with blues of life produces this song, an experience of trouble, prodded Silas and Paul to sing while waiting in that dark jail cell in Philippi. Impending trouble stirred Jesus to sing some of the Hallel Psalms with his frightened disciples on the night before the day of the cross. So on this final Sunday in July, I offer this practical advice the next time your burdens are trying to get the best of you and you think you've lost all hope and your heart just might break in two. First, honestly sing your blues to God above. Complain, argue, doubt, debate, even shout loud, but not in this worship service. If you really want to let the Lord have it with complaint, try praying out loud some of the songs. Then second, don't forget God's character, His mighty power, His steadfast love, and recount in your life all God has done. Picture Christ on the cross and remember that God knows what a hard place this is we live in. God has borne it too, and now God is with me in my life through all my burdens, my suffering, and my pain as God was with Jesus, even in that Calvary darkness. When the night is darkest and your soul is sorely tired, try, merely breathe the name of Jesus, who for you was crucified. Remember how he suffered, how he drank the bitter cup, then Recall his resurrection and the power that raised him up. Say a prayer or sing a psalm or a hymn and make an offering of your soul. God will hear and give you peace.
God will touch and make you whole and you will find the deepest satisfaction for your soul. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sometimes we feel forsaken and lonely as we struggle with the events of life. We lose touch with you. Our trust in you wanes. Yes, truly, it is a hard world. You know that, and the way is often dark. Yet you have promised that you will never leave us and that your might, mighty resurrection power and steadfast love will faithfully sustain us and give us your satisfaction. So teach us on the hottest of summer days we, to walk by faith and to sing to you when our troubles are greatest. Lift our eyes beyond the shadows of this world and let us see the light of your countenance. Help us understand that we are forever in your shepherd care and you will always love us no matter what. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.